Hey, thanks for tuning in into the City Life Church podcast. We are a church in San Francisco and we exist so that people that are far from God will encounter His presence and experience the life that only Christ offers. We pray that this word will challenge you and encourage you in your walk of faith with Jesus. Amen. I am excited to preach today on the topic of the sound. Now, some of you guys are tripping like, so what the heck does that mean, the sound? Is it an audio sound from the booth back in the back or in the broadcast booth? No. There is a sound that is unlike any other sound. There is a sound that comes from the throne room of heaven, and that's what we're going to be exploring these next few weeks, how to hear the sound of the kingdom of God, how to bring the kingdom of God here to earth as it is in heaven. So I'm going to be preaching today. Next Sunday, Pastor David, our Latino pastor, he's my nephew. He's got such good looks in the family, and, uh, and he's got the anointing. He's, he's going to be doing part two. I think it's going to be better than today. Today, my job and assignment is to set the foundations, and, and then he's going to take it from, from me next week. It's going to be great. But if you're watching online, again, we have notes available. And um, those of you who are per- perhaps guests with us for the first time, all of our notes that I'm preaching from are available to you as well if you just text uh, CLC Notes. To the number 97,000, and then my notes will jump onto your device, and you can kind of flow with me there. But let me take you all the way to Acts chapter 2, and uh, we're going to read a handful of verses today. I'm going to do my best to set the foundations for these next few weeks, and hopefully today, uh, more than just a bunch of information, hopefully today, something will be activated in your heart and your mind where you'll realize that God actually wants you to have access to Him to not just have a long-distance relationship with him, but you can actually tap into the sounds of heaven if you know how to align yourself to that. So does that that sound pretty good? My hope is that I can uh, help guide you to that place. So Acts chapter 2, verse 1, it says this, On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Someone say together. There's something about being together, one mind, one accord, whether in person or online, we are together in this moment. Suddenly there was a sound. Someone say sound. There was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. And when they heard the loud noise, everyone came running and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. Now, if you're part of a Pentecostal church, that's your upbringing. This is a, a chapter of the Bible that many Pentecostal churches preach multiple times all throughout the year because this is the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came and fell upon the people that were praying and waiting on God, and they were baptized with the Holy Spirit, began to speak in other tongues, and I like to say that the Holy Spirit went viral at that point. And, uh, but let me bring you a little bit into the context of what was taking place here. Jesus had come from heaven to earth because this world was cursed and broken. Every person conceived on this planet is birth, uh, birth with a virus of sin. So therefore, God so loved the world that he sent Jesus to die for every single one of us. That whoever would believe in God wouldn't have to die or perish or be distant from God, but they would have a relationship with God forever. So that was the purpose for Jesus coming. And Jesus came, and again, it's Christmas season, and we're going to start seeing the different, like, you know, nativity scenes and different things. But why Jesus? What's he all about? Jesus came as the greatest gift. He was sent by the Father to save us. That means me and you. That means all of us. We needed salvation. 
And then Jesus began to recruit some interns. The Bible refers to them as disciples. And he says, I'm I'm about to introduce something new. I am bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth. I'm introducing something new that the world has never experienced yet. I am the fulfillment of all the prophecies in the Old Testament. And he recruits these disciples and he begins to model what it means to live a kingdom lifestyle. He begins to teach and preach about the kingdom of God that is at hand. It means it's, it's here. I'm here, therefore the kingdom of heaven is here. And he begins to teach, and everywhere he would teach, he would back it up with power. People were miraculously healed and delivered and set free. Even the dead, God God was raising them up from the dead. Jesus was birthing something called the church. It's the kingdom of God manifested here in this reality, the church. And and he realized, he goes, man, I I, got to come. I have an assignment. I've got an assignment. Someone on TikTok knows what I'm talking about. And, but I got to go, though, and I'm going to send a friend and a helper who is going to help you fulfill this mission that I have for, for all of you. And that person would be then the Holy Spirit. So he promises the Holy Spirit, and yet they had no clue who the Holy Spirit was. They, they'd understand. He says, he is with you now, but shortly, pretty soon, he's going to be in you. And the disciples are like, yes, sir, teacher, whatever you say. But they had no concept, no clue, no background, no understanding of what Jesus was talking about. But soon they would. And it would happen here in Acts chapter 2. So here Jesus is promising a helper. And when Jesus, when you read in the book of Acts chapter 1, when Jesus began to ascend into heaven, there were hundreds of people that were gathered. They were like, dang, that's an amazing show. What trick is he going to do next? Because he was performing miracles everywhere. Like, dude, that is like dope. Walks on water and then he can fly. It's like, this is amazing. And then he disappears, and they're just kind of like just kicking, like, all right, is he coming back? Pretty soon some angels have to come, all right, fellas, let's break up the party. Um, He's not going to come back like that. Go back to your business and wait for the helper that he promised he would send you. So hundreds of people then start gathering, and they started praying. It happened that one of the largest feasts or holiday seasons was coming to their community as well. In, in, in Hebrew tradition, there were seven different holidays that were the big ones. Three of these holidays were when people, the pilgrims, they would call them, Jews that had moved into other countries, other regions, they would come back to Jerusalem to worship God. This one right here was called the Feast of Pentecost or the Feast of Weeks. Another version would say it was the Feast of Harvest because it was the end of the barley harvest season, but it was about to begin a season called the harvest of wheat. So in their Jewish tradition, people from all over the place would come and they would actually bring offerings to Jerusalem to celebrate the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God. And it was like an act of faith and obedience. It was a giving of the first fruits of the harvest that was yet to come. By the way, we had our marketplace ministry yesterday. I think it's fascinating how, how God actually empowered the church, released the church during a holiday season of entrepreneurs and worshipers. People were coming from all over, not just, not just agricultural farmer type folks, but people from every uh, aspect of their society they would come to worship and God would then spill out revival into the marketplace. It's pretty fascinating to me. You, you keep on reading Acts chapter 2. After this experience right here, 3,000 people were added. It's an indicator to me like you, you honor the Lord with the first and the best. And then before your harvest, he actually brings a harvest. Jesus added to them 3,000 that day alone. 
That's pretty significant. That's just a side note right there. Pretty, pretty intriguing to me. Let me talk to you a little bit about what happened then. So you got these people that were praying, they gathered in this one place. Imagine if we were, let's say downtown, maybe by Union Square and you got all these different buildings and you got Macy's and you got all these, you know, the Nike store and Apple and all these different, but well, somehow they got a spot. The Bible refers to it as the upper room. Don't know if it was an Airbnb back in the day, but someone made this space available. Different scholars debate what that was. Likely it was a friend that Jesus had met in the same place where perhaps Jesus had taken the, the last supper with his disciples before he would be crucified, that same spot, it's very likely, very possible. Nevertheless, here in the marketplace, they're having this prayer meeting upstairs, and, and it, it apparently fits a lot of people. The Bible doesn't specify how many people started, but there were hundreds that had heard Jesus talk about the Holy Spirit. But on this day, there was only about 120 left. So it's like, man, the attrition level was real. Like that people were just like, man, I'm getting tired. They didn't know what they were waiting for. But 120 were faithful. They remained and the Holy Spirit came upon them. And it was just like they heard a sound like a mighty wind sweeping through that place. And then all of a sudden it's like, something happened. This sound was like loud and then like tongues of fire, like fire flames were resting on upon each one of them. And then suddenly a sound comes from within them. They speak in a different language, heavenly languages that maybe others couldn't understand. And in some cases, languages that others from other regions could hear from the marketplace. There was such an uproar. There was such a loud sound coming from the upper room that the people ran from all throughout that square. And they were like, what the heck is going on up there? My personal conviction is this. I don't know that the people out in the square heard the original sound of when the Holy Spirit fell upon them, but they did hear the sound, the roar that was exuding from the people that were praying exuberantly. Are you with me so far? My conviction was that the 120 that were sitting and praying and waiting on God, not knowing what to expect, all of a sudden they hear and they begin to experience something. I like to say that this was a heavenly portal that opened up right above them, right then and there. And it was powerful. And all of a sudden, they experienced something. And the result of it was a an expression of prayer language that was just overflowing from them. And people were amazed. And encourage you to check out Acts chapter 2 later today. Explore it, read it, highlight it, circle it, do whatever you got to do. But ask God, Lord, what does this mean exactly? How does it apply to my life today? I'm using this because this passage because this is an example of an open heaven experience. The subtitle for today's message, part one of the sound, is Open Heavens. The reality is God wants you to live a lifestyle where you experience open heavens regularly. Not just on Sunday mornings when you come into this gathering here or you're tuning in from around the world, but you and I were designed to experience open heavens everywhere in the marketplace, in your home, at school, wherever you would go, you should be able to experience open heavens in different places. Now, the, the truth is this. There are some places that we go where there's so much demonic activity that the heavens, so to speak, in the spiritual levels are shut down. They're closed. It's like, what is going on here? My wife and I, we have the privilege of traveling a bit and uh, we go into different communities. Sometimes we'll go into a church to minister for a few days and we get there and it's like, whew, there is open heavens here. The entire time we're here, it's like it is easy to hear prophetically. Why? Because there is open heavens here. 
People have been praying. People have been pressing into God. People have been fasting. They've been positioning themselves. They've aligned themselves both individually and collectively to open these heavenly portals. So then when we come as ministers to just minister, we come into this atmosphere in this place. It's like, wow, the anointing of God is here because there's, there's clarity. There's open heavens here. Some of you guys are tripping like, man, you, this is getting kind of a little weird. When you think of the book of Daniel, it says that Daniel was waiting for the angel to come, but the angel couldn't come quickly to him because he was being buffeted. Some of our interns are like, is that a buffet? They're buffeted? <laughs> That's a cheesy joke. Um, he was being resisted. The angel of the Lord was being resisted and couldn't get to Daniel quickly. Why? Because there was heavenly warfare going on. There wasn't an open portal to heaven, so to speak. So in this world that we live in, there is a spiritual dimension that is a reality. Listen, I am not a human being with a spirit. You are not a human being with a spirit. It's the, it's the other way around. You are a spirit being that ha happens to have a human shell. Right? Your identity is not just in the physical. Your physical, it has, a, it has an expiration date. This physical shell started with some hair. Along the way, stuff happened. You know what I'm saying? But the real me doesn't have an end. It's eternal. It keeps on going. The, the, the real you, the, the epicenter of who you truly are, created in the image of God, it doesn't end. That's why this is so significant and important. This is why we are so passionate about preaching the good news to people. Because if people don't know God in this dimension right here, and they happen to pass away, their eternity is distant from God. That's why we have the clock ticking. We're like, man, we got to reach people and we've got to, we got to grow people. We got to help them. So open heavens, open heavens. Let me, let me expound on that thought a little bit more. God wants you to experience the kingdom of heaven here on earth as it is in his reality. These are some additional observations that I have from this prayer moment right here, this prayer meeting that these 120 OG folks, the original gangsters, the original Christians, as they were praying, this is what they experienced. These are some characteristics that I, I jotted down. You could probably find a few more. These people were obedient. That's a significant key right there. Because Jesus said, before you go out and you do all these things in my name, wait. On your mark, get ready, get set, wait. He says, wait for the helper. Wait, before you go, you need the helper so that you can go with the power of the Holy Spirit. Obedience was number one. They were faithful and faith-filled. They were believing for something, yet they had no clue what it was. They, they couldn't see it. They couldn't, they couldn't actually tune in online to check it out first. They had to simply wait and with confidence believe that something good was going to come to them, but they didn't know who the Holy Spirit was. Thirdly, they were persistent. These 120, they were persistent. Can, can I be brutally honest with, with us? I, I was talking to our, our pastors not too long ago about a reality that we as a church here in San Francisco, but around the nation that I've, I'm, I'm watching and observing now, it's been a few years. When it comes to the baptism in the Holy Spirit, when it comes to, to people receiving heavenly language and speaking in tongues, uh, up until maybe about 10, 15 years ago, the biggest hurdle that we would experience was people, people that were brought up in different theologies and different doctrines and they had to unlearn bad doctrine in order to receive an, an experience in the Holy Spirit. They were taught that, no, the gifts of the Spirit ceased when the last apostle died. That's called cessationist theology. That the gifts of the Spirit, prophecy, speaking in tongues, it only was available for the early church. But after that, it's like a jump start. 
get going, church. Once the church got, got started, they didn't need that no more. So millions of people were indoctrinated in a theology that said, you can't speak in tongues because you can't hear from God. Well, that's contradictory to what scripture says, but they meant well. I, I have many wonderful friends and even extended family members that would actually come from that background. That was the case up until maybe about 10, 15 years ago, but things have shifted. Now God's brought de these denominational walls down. A lot of people are a lot more open saying, you know what? We do need God. And, and I believe that God wants to speak through his people. And the Bible does say that greater things will we do in his name. And therefore, so all of a sudden there's been a shift. But what's happened is this, and I'm going to preach to my congregation. I'm preaching to people that would call this your home church. Let me, let me help you understand something. The biggest challenge, I believe, for this generation right now is people who want the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They want to speak in heavenly language. They want to receive tongues. And they've responded in faith before, but when it didn't happen the first time, they're like, ugh, something must be wrong with me. Don't raise your hand, but I'm preaching to you. It's like, man, I, 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 maybe I got I to gotta fake it to make it. So I just kind of like, I bought a Kia. She bought a Honda. She bought a Honda. I bought a Kia. Let's say it so. She bought a Honda. I bought a Kia. Is it a Telluride or is it an Optima Kia? What is it? And what happens is we're, we're trying to fit a model. We're trying to fit a, a package deal. And we, we begin to feel condemnation because it's like I haven't felt anything or experienced the power of God, but I don't want to let Pastor Keys down or Pastor David or Pastor Elena or Pastor John. And I, so I got I to gotta keep throwing my hands up and being charismatic, but I have not had the experience. And then we do another pursuit prayer night. If you want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and a couple of you guys come back up again like, and it doesn't happen again. And what happens is that hurdle now has become chronic. Where so many people, they love God. You love the Holy Spirit. You want him. And yet you don't want to be the odd person out. And therefore, you don't want to be singled out or thought of as less. So you either don't respond to the altar calls anymore because you've tried it a few times and it didn't work. Or you've been kind of faking it. Or, 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 or. That's the challenge that I'm finding everywhere I go. It doesn't matter if I'm in the northwest, northeast, south, wherever I go. I'm noticing that folks are having a difficulty passing through that hurdle. So I want to I encourage you with this thought right here. If you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit and you don't speak in tongues, it doesn't make you a less or a sub-citizen in any way, shape, or form. You are a son and a daughter of the Most High God. I think the key for all of us is to be persistent, to keep on believing, to keep on pressing through. God, you said it in the Word of God. I know the issue is not me. I believe it's your timing, so I'm going to keep on believing. I'm going to keep on pressing. I'm going to keep on asking. In the corporate gatherings, as well as in my life groups, and my one-on-one -on -one mentoring, I'm going to keep on. There's no shame in that. Keep on pressing. Because the enemy would bombard our minds and say, man, something's wrong with you. And you begin to question yourself. And you, some, maybe there's compromise. There's maybe unforgiveness. What is wrong with me? It's not about you. So be relieved from that pressure. I may not be responsible for the entire kingdom, but I am responsible to help preach and teach you and help you. Amen. So if you need, and then the cool thing about God, better than Red Robin. You go to Red Robin, you get free refills on your sodas and fries. When it comes to the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we get free refills. Woo! That means that you've had an experience before, but then God, I need to be filled again. And the Holy Spirit comes and he fills us again. 
I believe in free refills. So pursue prayer nights are nights where you can come. We're not going to single you out, put you on blast anyway. But you come and you come into a place of open heavens. Hear the sound that comes from the heart of God. And I believe you will be empowered. Am I preaching to somebody here today? So these people, they were persistent. They were patient. They were also together. They were united. In this journey of faith, we can't do this solo. We must be united. We must be together, together in heart and spirit, pursuing Jesus, exalting the name of Jesus. Some of the elements that I would imagine by just my personal research from the early church, these were elements that were included in gatherings of Christians. There was always praise and worship, always praise and worship. That's what I love about praise and worship in the house of the Lord. Come alive in the name of Jesus. And if you don't know the lyrics, you just make a joyful noise. Well, praise and worship. At another session, I will teach you about the difference between worshiping, singing spiritual songs that are vertical and singing songs that are prophetic, that are horizontal. You can sing and praise your way through circumstances. You're declaring the bigness of your God and you're telling your problems, shut up and bow down to the name that is above all names. I'm going to sing my way through this. That's for a different, that's for a different uh, session in this series. But we, we have the privilege of actually hearing the sound that comes from heaven and bringing it here to earth. And the way that it's manifested the most clearly is through worship. The song of the redeemed. When you sing, it's like an antenna that picks up the frequencies of heaven, the heart of heaven. And all of a sudden, woof, it begins to hit the atmosphere around you. It begins to change the environment around you. That's why Paul and Silas, when they were in a dungeon, they were in a prison hellhole with crap literally all around them. And they were in prison and they were in shackles and there were other prisoners that were there. And in the midnight hour, as they were singing, come alive in the name of Jesus, they couldn't clap because their feet and their hands were shackled. But worship is not just a sound, it's an expression. And in the midst of them experiencing, and listen, you can have an open heaven and yet in the natural be limited. Your life could feel like hell right now. You could have all kinds of resistance around you and yet you can still call heaven to earth and all of a sudden a portal opens up where you're at and you begin to experience the power, the grace of heaven right in your circumstance. And Paul and Silas in Acts chapter 16, all of a sudden it says suddenly an earthquake came and their chains, their shackles were broken and all of a sudden, all the cell doors, not just their own, but those around them, all their cell doors were open. Listen, there's a sound that comes to impact you and those around you. Let me keep on going. I'm getting a little too preachy here. The elements that were included in this prayer meeting, praise and worship, they would bring their petitions to God, requests, intercession. They would pray for others. They would bring their confessions and repentance to God. In this particular meeting in Acts chapter 2, they couldn't pray in tongues until the Holy Spirit fell upon them. So they weren't praying in their spiritual language quite yet. But from that moment on, they would. Are you with me so far? So what's the significance then of this sound? Where is it from? What's it for? Let's explore it a little bit more. Um, my son, Jaden, along with Juju and Ethan and Erica, they love watching TV shows. Jaden's been counting the days for the new Spider-Man show to come out. Oh, man, I wonder if all the Spider-Man characters are going to be in this one movie. Anybody into like the Marvel movies around here at all? Superheroes, that kind of stuff, right? 
Before there was Dr. Strange, well, let me come back to that later. Have you noticed how we have a propensity towards the supernatural? We like, we like to experience the supernatural. Why, why is that? Why do we like supernatural things? Because you are a supernatural being. You were created in the image of God who is supernatural. Religion is not supernatural. God is supernatural. And he has a grace and an anointing upon us. We are called to move in the supernatural. So this fascination to, to see things that are extra physical take place. Well, that, that's part of our DNA. We should expect that. I was talking to somebody earlier. They're talking about their spouse who, who had a stroke and they lost some mobility and whatnot. I said, hey, it wasn't too long ago. Juliana and I were in Thailand. There was a man who, was, who had a stroke and half of his body was paralyzed. I'm not special. I was eating some delicious Thai food with, with Juju and the team. But on that day, I realized, hey, God commissioned. He says, these are the signs that will accompany those who believe. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So by obedience to the word of God and faith that was stirred in me, I walked up to the man and I said, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke this condition. I speak wholeness from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. He couldn't understand a word I was saying, but the anointing of God, supernatural, not me, but the anointing of God flowing through me hit this man. And all of a sudden, his whole left side that was limp, whoop, and it, his eyes got huge. And all of a sudden, I tell the interpreter, tell him to clap his hands. He clapped his hands. And everyone's like, oh! And they said, tell him to do jumping jacks. Jumping jacks? What are jumping jacks? Then I had to show him like this. And all of a sudden, this man who was paralyzed, half his body was paralyzed, all of a sudden, come alive in the name of Jesus. Bam, he began to experience something. Not because I'm special. I just simply, I, I'm following my assignment. I'm following the instruction that is already available. So the draw for the supernatural, we were created with that. We were called to be dispensers of the supernatural. But, but let me bring you back to the Old Testament. Let me kind of keep on building the foundation. Are you with me so far? If you're online right now, let me know that you're with me. Throw some fire emojis, little hands up in the air. I see you, Christine, Joy, and Nicole, and Alicia. Genesis chapter 28, fascinating story. It says this, verse 10. Meanwhile, Jacob left Beersheba and traveled towards Haran. At sundown, he arrived at a good place to set up camp and stopped, stopped there for the night. Backdrop on Jacob. He was a twin. Dude was a mama's boy, and uh, he was just a deceiver and a cheater, and uh, he had just like, he, he just worked his brother real good. And then he like, he, he was like, he worked his dad as well, was stealing the blessings from his dad. And now he's on, on a run for his life. He's running for his life because if his brother found him, he would kill him. I mean, it was that bad. Harsh. So he's running for his life, but it says he found this one place to sleep. Verse 12, as he slept, he dreamed of a stairway that reached from the earth up to heaven, and he saw the angels of God going up and down the stairway. At the top of the stairway stood the Lord, and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your grandfather Abraham, and the God of your father Isaac. The ground that you are lying on belongs to you. I am giving it to you and your descendants, and your descendants will be as numerous as the dust of the earth, and they will spread out in all directions to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south, and all the families of the earth will be blessed through you and your descendants." And that's an awesome dream right there. Homeboy is fleeing for his life, running for his life, and he's got this like amazing dream. 
Um, what's more, verse 15, I am with you and I will protect you wherever you go. That verse right there, that someone should underline that. When God is with you, he will protect you wherever you go. One day I will bring you back to this land and I will not leave you until I have finished giving you everything that I have promised you. That's another side note right there. Some of us, we, we receive downloads from heaven and we want everything overnight. God, Amazon Prime. Lord, I need your blessings, Prime. I need it like within 24 to 48 hours. But how many of you know that God is the God of the process? He's the God of the in-between. You're here now and there's a destiny ahead of you, but God is the God of the in-between and he navigates you through those seasons and he says, I'm going to help you because you're going to need it. That's just a freebie for somebody. One day I will bring you back to this land and I will not leave you until I have finished giving you everything I have promised you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and he said, surely the Lord is in this place. And I wasn't even aware of it. Have you ever had one of those moments where you, you have this like, wow, I was just tripping. My head was in a different space. But all of us said like, man, I experienced something totally different. I wasn't even aware that God was here. But man, life is different. My life is different right now. He was also afraid and he said, what an awesome place this is. It is none other than the house of God, the very gateway to heaven. Can you say gateway? gateway. That's the portal. He's, he's, he's on the run and he doesn't have a sleep number mattress to, to sleep on, let alone a pillow. He's, he, he's, he's, he's having such a hard time. He actually literally lays his head on a rock. That was his pillow. Homeboy is having a real tough little stretch right here, but he's tired. He's running for his life. He finds a rock and he's sleeping on the ground. And as he's laying his head on this rock, he has this dream and God began to speak to him through this dream. So Jude, check this out. This story is going to get real trippy real quick. Are you ready? I believe that God opened a portal to heaven. He began to see heavenly things. Now, it's trippy because women are more spiritual than men. Can I be real? Catherine, isn't it true? Women are way more spiritual than us guys. Real talk. My wife is way more spiritual than I am. People want to have prayer from this pastor. I'm like, you want a real good prayer? You go to that pastor. She's more anointed than I am. Because if you notice how God would speak to men and women, the angel of the Lord came to Mary, for instance, and spoke to her while she was awake. But with Joseph, he had to take a nap. Because <laughs> us fellas, we, uh, we tripping like, uh, you're not an angel, you're a fake. It's like, <laughs> you'll see God speaking through angels throughout the Old Testament. But in some cases, God knew people were going to be tripping. So he'd have to give them dreams. This, this right here, Jacob, he had to fall asleep. Once he was asleep, then God could speak to him about spiritual matters. Ezekiel, it says that he began to, he fell asleep. He, get, he had a dream and he heard a sound of the rattling of dry bones in the valley. He prophesied God had to put him to sleep in order for him to hear clearly. So that's just, that's just a little freebie right there. Don't despise dreams or visions that God would send us. God, here's the point. God knows how to communicate to you and I. So whether you're awake or asleep, he knows how to find you. He's the one that wired you. So just be open. Say, Lord, here I am. I'm, a, I'm an antenna ready to receive the frequencies. Whatever it is you want to speak to me, here I am. So you got your boy Jacob right here. He's got this dream, and he sees this picture of like an escalator. And you've got angels ascending and descending from heaven to earth. And he's like, oh, this is the very gateway or the portal to heaven. So here you got this dude who's manipulative, deceiving, uh, man, like, like a hater, hating on his own family, running for his life. And in this difficult moment, God reveals himself 
to him. I want you to hear this thought right here because in Jacob's discomfort, he encountered God. You can tweet this one right here. Your places of discomfort can become your places of God encounters. Your places of discomfort can be, can be the very place where you will encounter God. Oftentimes when things are very comfortable and enjoyable and good, we're not as mm, open or desperate for a move of God. But it's in hard times and difficult times that many times we encounter God. Are you with me so far? Turn to the person next to you, give them the little elbow if they're napping next to you, like wake them up and say, hey, don't be sleeping right now in church. This is the gateway of heaven. You're missing out. So Jacob got a picture of a heavenly portal and he couldn't see it in the natural, but in the spirit, God opened his eyes to see. This is what Revelation 4, 1 says, because what I'm about to say before there was Dr. Strange that would do this little circle thing with fire and then he could step through into another dimension. By the way, the kingdom of darkness is always a cheap copycat. They're not original. When it comes to the gifts of the spirit in the kingdom of God, did you know that the kingdom of, God, of darkness also has the gifts of their spirit? There is false prophecy. There are wonders. When Moses went to Pharaoh and he turned his staff into a snake, the magicians, they turned their staff to snakes as well. So there's a counterfeit version of everything that is of God. So when we watch these Marvel movies or whatever, and I just, I encourage you, be guarded, be careful with witchcraft stuff. Don't indulge in it. Don't celebrate it. Don't like cheer it on because witchcraft is just a cheap imitation of what it is to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. The difference is that when it comes to your relationship with the Holy Spirit, you don't use him. He uses you. When it comes to rich witchcraft, it doesn't use you. Your mind, you think you're using it. May the force be with you. And you're manipulating a mind over matter. In the Holy Spirit, it's the other way around. You make yourself available, and then he quickens his desires through you, and then the power is released through you. You can't control the Holy Spirit. He controls you. So when it comes to these movies, now, I'll use the analogy because some of you will have the visual. Fire in the wind. Copycat version. That's already in the Bible. Stepping through another dimension. Ask Brother Moses or Elijah how that works. It's in your Bible. Matthew chapter 17, it says that Jesus and the disciples were praying. Suddenly, Moses and Elijah show up. Dang, bro, where'd y'all come from? How did that happen? Open portal. Some of you guys are like, oh my God, did I just walk into a cult? It's your Bible. As the new year comes around and we start a new school of leaders, classes and doctrine and all these different things, you want to learn more? Come to those classes. We'll teach you more. We'll help you unpack and learn how to read the word. Before there was Marvel movies, there was already supernatural activity all through scripture. All of a sudden, you have here uh, Revelation chapter 4. This is John now. John is, is hearing from Jesus through these visions and dreams, right? You find in Revelation 4, 1, it says, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. What was Jesus inviting John to do? Step up here to this portal, and through this portal, I'm going to show you what's to come. It's futuristic. So he had to respond in faith and look through a portal that was above just his natural dimension, he had to respond in faith and see what Jesus was showing him. John 1, verse 48, listen to this. Jesus is beginning his, his recruitment endeavors, and he's inviting different ones to follow him and be his disciples. He gets to this one cat by the name of Nathaniel, and he sees Nathaniel and, uh, and says, man, you're the real deal, bro. And like, I'm going to recruit you to be my disciple. Follow me. 
Nathanael's response, he says, how do you know me, Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you when you were still under the fig tree before Philip even called you. He could see him. Physically, Jesus was at one location. Nathanael was at a different location. And all of a sudden, Jesus could see him. How could he see him? Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi or teacher, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Like, dang, how'd you do that? There's no way that someone could guess exactly where I was at if he didn't have superpowers. And Jesus said, you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree, but you will see greater things than that. He then added, very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven open. Come on, somebody. You will see heaven open and angels of God ascending and descending on the son of man. He said, bro, you, you just got the appetizer because pretty soon you're actually going to see an open portal of heaven and you're going to see supernatural activity happening over me. And soon it would happen over him as well. Everywhere that Jesus went, there was an, uh, an open portal. There was a heavenly portal that was open to him. Are you, are you catching this so far? I'm just, Pastor David, I'm setting the foundations for you to preach good next Sunday, all right? Matthew 4, verse 17, it says, Jesus began to preach, and this is what he preached. Repent, for the kingdom of God has come near to you. Repent, because the kingdom of God, it's not distant. It is like right here. There's a portal that opens. Here's the kingdom of heaven. It's here. Matthew 6, 10, it says, Your kingdom come here on earth. As Jesus was praying, teaching the disciples how to pray, he says, God, Father, your kingdom come here on earth as it is where? In heaven. How does that come? Through a heavenly portal open heavens. So the Bible indicates, as we study this out, and I could take a couple of hours teaching you this, but the Bible shows us that we're, there were different locations, physical locations, where the heavens had opened up and people would have access where the heavenlies would, would come, the things of God. When the angels came to announce to the shepherds that, that Jesus was born, all of a sudden the heavens opened up and angels began to sing. They began to declare. There was a sound that they were beginning to declare over those shepherds and over that community. It was heaven on earth. Jesus, though, he introduced something that was even more cool. You can go to a place, like there are certain churches that I go to. It's like, man, you go to, you go to Bethel, for instance. Man, there's open heaven there. These people have been praying and saturating the heavenlies. If I go down this whole trail of Reading... If you, were, if you were to look at child molesters in California, the largest number of child molesters live in Redding, California. And yet, one of the most powerful churches in the world today is in Redding, California. In the midst of all kinds of pain, discomfort, isolation, abuse, all that craziness, there's a portal of heaven where God says, I will reveal myself even in the midst of this kind of pain. I will still pour out my glory down here. Come on, somebody. And people getting saved, delivered, set free. So there are locations where people experience open heavens. But more than a location, God wants to open portals over your life. That wherever you go, you have access. Let your kingdom come here on earth as, as it is in heaven. Where the kingdom of God is manifested in and through you. Where you hear a sound and you're able to relay that sound into your circumstances. So then Jesus, he sent the Holy Spirit so that we could experience open heavens personally. You don't have to learn about those things. You get to experience those things. Everywhere you go, the reality is you can bring open heavens with you. Are you with me so far? Pastor Keys, bro, it is like quiet in here today. I don't know if y'all are scared, like, oh my gosh, PJJ, was it the eggnog you had? Like, what is going on? 
my hope is that you would begin to lean in and say, God, I want to hear the sound of heaven. And I don't want to, I, I experience hell on earth all the time. I want to experience heaven on earth all the time. Amen. So why open heavens? Why these heavenly portals? Let me expound on that for just a few moments and we'll wrap things up. Five thoughts. A heavenly portal, it gives you the ability to see, hear, and declare God's will here on earth as it is in heaven. It gives you the ability to hear, to see, and then to declare the will of God here on earth as it is in heaven. There is a parallel world that we experience, but many of us are not aware of the heavenly world. We're not aware of the heavenly dimensions, God's perfect will. So we're living. Jesus said it like this. I only do as I see the father do. So his mission, he was following the script and the mandate and the plans that God the father had for him. So he only followed through based on he didn't listen to man's opinion. He didn't come. He didn't respond on man's term or man's timing. Think of Mary and Martha. If you had only come sooner, our son, our, our excuse me, our brother Lazarus would not have died. And Jesus is like, I don't play on your terms. I only do as the father leads me to do. So I'm following the kingdom priorities and the kingdom plan. Are you with me? We want to go over here. The Holy Spirit's like, go over here. You got to default to kingdom plans. So an open portal, an open heaven gives you the ability to hear the sound of heaven, receive the download and instructions, and then you can apply it in your home life. You're navigating through hell in your home, relationships, dysfunction, hear the heart of heaven, the heart of God, and then dispense it and speak it out and call it out, declare it, speak it, change it. In the workplace, it's like, man, I need, I need to catch a break. Find the open heavens, find the open portal, hear the sound of heaven and bring it then into your circumstance in the workplace. Because you've been called to be the head, not the tail, above, not beneath. Paul says in, in Colossians, drawing a blank on the exact verse, 3, 1 or 2, 1. He says, set your minds on things where? Above, not things on the earth. Don't live in this dimension only, but set your mind on what? Kingdom thoughts, kingdom realm. Isaiah says, my ways and my thoughts are higher than yours. So there's a dimension up here that God says, I want to invite you to step into this dimension right here. Have the mind of Christ. A heavenly portal, number two, it, it positions you to receive and move in kingdom authority and power. When you're on this dimension right here and you're trying to exercise your own power, there's no authority there. But when you're under, when you tap into the portal of heaven, now the authority, Jesus is all authority in where? Heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go make disciples. You can't just go in earthly authority. You have to go in kingdom authority. So an open portal, an open heaven will then give you the authority and the power to exercise what you got to do. That's why when Juliana and I were in Thailand, I was exhausted. We had some long travel times. The food was delicious, but the elements, the time change or whatever, we're like, ooh, I am tired. But all of a sudden, I'm not going just out of my own intellect or power. There's an open heaven. People were praying to God. They were interceding. They were seeking God. All of a sudden, whoop, a portal opened. A man who needed healing was set free. A couple other people that were demonized. They were pastors. Hello. They were pastors. All of a sudden, the authority of God, the power of God and the authority of God was manifested in that space. They're set free from those conditions. Why? Power and authority. Not mine, but heavenly. A sound that comes from heaven. Are we doing okay still? Everyone all right? A couple more minutes. Number three, a heavenly portal is opened by the Holy Spirit when you're walking in alignment with God's will. If you're walking in rebellion, if you know that God is saying something like, hey, don't be sleeping with your girlfriend. And then all of a sudden you're saying, but God, I need your anointing and your power right now over the circumstance. Bruh, you're living in disobedience. You're not in alignment with the will of God. 
The anointing of God won't flow through you that way. You need to be aligned with the heart of God. It's like, what's the heart of God? It's called the B-I-B-L-E. Listen to the word of God. Believe it. Live by it. Submit yourself to that. Number four, a heavenly portal is open when you pray and worship to the Father in spirit and truth. So when you're worshiping God, not just giving him lip, lip service, but when you begin to worship him in spirit and truth, then something begins to change. A open heaven begins to take place. The cool thing about coming together in an expression of church is you can have an open heaven experience all by yourself. And I don't know how to quantify because the Bible doesn't tell us. But when we come together, if one can put a thousand to fly to 10,000, the portal becomes huge. So wherever people come in one mind and one accord and we're pressing into the things of God, all of a sudden whoosh, there's more freedom to flow in the spirit of God. So praying alone is good. But praying together is even better. That's a principle that we should learn. Number five, a heavenly portal is open wider when there is unity amongst God's people. So when there's unity, when we're coming together, it's like, man, I love Matthias. He's a great guy. I know he's a Seahawk fan. But you know what? I'm going to set that aside. Won't hold that against him. But united, we're going to press into God and to his purposes. And we're going to lift up the name of Jesus. And then heaven comes to earth, even though he's a Seahawk fan. Can we just forgive him right now? Lord, we bless him. <laughs> so as the wrap up go ahead and play uh, the keys Ben if you can this, this is to kind of stir our emotions no just kidding I'm messing with you it's just kind of like the Oscars awards like your time is just about up PJJ I'm going to play the keys these are some keys that I want to share with you on keeping open heavens above you how to walk and operate in a lifestyle where you experience portals to the heart of God regularly now, first thought is this. Some of you are already tripping off of this. Like, wait a minute. I thought the Holy Spirit lived inside of us. He does. He is the deposit. He, he lives inside of you, the Holy Spirit. So you're not alone. Everywhere you go, you have the Holy Spirit. Whew. So you're not drifting. You're not a zombie somewhere. No, the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. Everywhere you go, he's with you. But there's something about experiencing a sound from the heart of God, which permeates the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of God, everywhere, 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 there's a sound. It's a sound that comes from his heart, his intentions, his motives, his desires, his will. And as a portal of heaven is open where you're at, all of a sudden, it's no longer about your thoughts, not my thoughts, but your thoughts, not my will, but your will be done. One of the greatest expressions of worship was Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's talking, God, Father, if there be any way, take this cup from me. He says, but nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Kingdom. Open heavens. All of a sudden, he's submitted and surrendered to that. That's an act of worship. So keys to keeping open heavens or this portal to the kingdom of God open. Three thoughts. Number one, it's about prayer and worship. Pastor Chelsea, I'm proud of you and our team. We're cultivating a culture within our team. This is not a platform for us to perform. This platform is not a platform. It's, it's a platform of influence. But we're here to worship. And as the team comes up and they begin to sing songs, it's not for them to just kind of check off a little box like, hey, did I sound good? It doesn't matter if you sound good or not. Were you worshiping? Were you bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth as it is in heaven? Worship team, do you have that place where you're, you have a portal to the 
kingdom of heaven where in your own personal time you hear God and then when you come the collector opens it up and then because you've been praying and declaring and, and seeing and hearing and experiencing all of a sudden it opens up for the entire congregation whether in person or online they all of a sudden begin to experience the power of God behind that the device that they're watching why because open heavens there's an open heaven and the power of God is manifested through his people so how do, we, how do we live in this lifestyle of having open heavens? It's prayer and worship. You don't pray, you're not going to have open heavens. You can go to different locations. You can come to church on Sunday, come here. There's an open heaven here. But during the week, that's when you really need it. Pray all day. Not all day, but pray throughout. Well, you could pray all day. Paul says pray without ceasing. Pray in the Spirit. But pray every day. Walk in that alignment with the will of God. Number two, unity. The key there is unity. Be united. Be united. It doesn't mean uniformity. We don't, all, we don't all have to root for the Niners. But unity of heart and mind and purpose. Why are we here? I am a king and priest. There's a royal call upon our lives. That's our mission. That's our assignment to glorify God, to reach people, to help people grow. Number three, obedience. So prayer and worship, unity, and then obedience. As the Lord instructs, obey. As he whispers a couple of thoughts, obey. As he nudges you to say certain things or maybe not to say certain things, obey. Yes, Lord, I won't say that. I really wanted to. Hmm. In my notes, I, I like to draw. So there's all kind of like little graphics and stuff. I was going to show you some stuff, but I'm going to be running out of time. I'm going to invite you to stand to your feet. Pastor David next week will, pr- uh, will preach. He's going to be talking to you about how to, how to pray and how to worship with the sound of heaven, because there's a sound that is unlike any sound that you could experience better than Hollywood, better than any kind of media outlet that you would find. There's a sound that comes from the heart of God. Um, And Pastor David will be talking about five different ways and and elements of worship that we see through scripture that every believer should, should learn how to worship by. Examples, key ingredients, key elements on how to bring heaven to earth. Could you imagine during this holiday season you go to that family reunion and you bring heaven to earth. Now people aren't just talking about, man, are we having turkey, gumbo, ham, steak, prime rib, shrimp, burgers. That's all sound good, right? But all of a sudden, as you enter into that space, you're bringing heaven to earth. You're bringing an atmosphere that is different. So though there, you might have that weird uncle or that strange family member, like what, you come into that space and things begin to change. Why? Because you're bringing heaven to earth. There is a sound that God wants you to hear. And then like an antenna, he wants you to echo that sound. Can I pray for us? God, we love you and we thank you so much for what you're doing in our lives. God, we thank you that you're gracious, you're patient, you're kind, you're compassionate, you're powerful. And God, you want us to experience heaven here on earth, not just in eternity sometime in the future, but you want us to experience your heart, your presence now. So God, we thank you for open heavens in this house. We thank you that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that you're Lord. I thank you, God, that even in this atmosphere, people are being set free, people are being healed, people are being delivered already. But more than just a church gathering experience on Sunday mornings, God, we want to live under this downspout. We want to live under this flow. We want to hear the sound of heaven everywhere we go, in the workplace, at home, at schools, in the community. 
So God, I pray that you begin to fine tune our ears to hear more clearly, cause our spiritual perceptions to be more in tune with your, your heart, your mind. As it says, he who has ears, let him hear what the spirit is saying. God, we want to hear what you are saying. We want to hear the sound of heaven. So God, I thank you that you're the God of fresh starts, new beginnings, the God of reset. I thank you that today is a new day. God, I thank you that there is an impartation taking place. Now, I pray that you would increase hunger in all of our hearts, a desire, a longing for more of you. At the end of the day, God, we just want to be closer to you. That's what this is all about. We want to know your heart. We want to know your mind. We want to know your thoughts. So I pray that you would increase that within our lives. I pray that you would be glorified, that you would come and that you would visit each one. Be with us. We surrender, we submit fully to you in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. amen. Pastor Elena, you may be seated.